Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We were, well, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to make anything into a series. If you want to title it as a series, that's okay with me. You're just going to be free and loose in the Spirit and just preach whatever Spirit of God gives me. How's that? We're talking about the human spirit. Like I said, I'm not concerned about it being a series, picking it up here, living off there, whatever. We're not going to get bound up by titles and everything. We just want to talk about God's Word. Now, we said we want to create an atmosphere in this place where the glory of the Lord just rests. Just rests. And the power of God just settles upon us. Amen? And actually, your house could be that way. You ready for that? Your house could be a dwelling place where God and His love and His mercy and His forgiveness and His power and His healing, everything just rests His glory. Have you done it yet? Have you said, Father, you've sent the latter rain, the wave of glory. You see this house over here? Hallelujah. It rests in this household. Don't, you're not passing us by on this. We're entering in, bless God, on that which you're doing. And all the woodwork is saturated with the glory of our God. Amen? That's right. Walk around it when you mow the lawn. Glory be to God. The glory and the power of God rest in this yard. Hallelujah. Do it. See? Walk around there. Thank you, Father. This household accepts the latter rain. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Think about it. Everywhere you go. Well, we're talking about the human spirit somewhat. But we're going to be led by the Spirit. We're talking about the three dimensions of man, actually. Man is a spirit, has a soul, and where does he live? It's important that we understand that God is a spirit and man is a spirit and our contact with the Father is in the realm of the spirit. And if we're going to make any headway with God, it has to be in the spirit. Now, in Luke, you don't have to turn to it, but Luke 17, verse 5, says that Jesus was teaching and preaching and there came about from all the cities and the villages, the doctors and the law and the Pharisees, and they came by to hear that which, we, which he was having to say and to speak and to teach and to preach. And the power of God was present to heal them. Amen? Say it with me. The power of God was there. Present to heal. All of them. Say it with me now. But them didn't get healed. Where'd you learn your English? But them didn't get healed, did they? Well, if the power was there and the power was present to heal them, how come they walked away from the service unhealed? See, that's what's been wrong in Pentecost. Man, we could just worship God and get, I mean, that glory be, we've got to just pick you up off the air, in the air, off the ground, right, and just lift you up. The glory and the power of God. You say, how can that glory and power be there but not do any good to the individual? Well, if there wasn't any faith mixed with it, if you didn't know how to tap into it with faith, the power wouldn't do you any good. The power was present to heal them. Now, you know what I went and did? 
I gave you the backward scripture. It's Luke 5, 17. Amen? You see, it's good to be led by the Spirit of God. He brings all things to remember. It's, it's Luke 5 and verse 17. I think it would be better for you to look at it that way. Amen. And the power of the Lord was present. Aren't you glad that we are led by the Spirit? <laughs> Amen. So the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I mean, it just could have been resting right over above their heads, just like a cloud. And there it was. Now, that's one thing to have it rest upon you. But, you know, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then the glory and the power of God is in you. Not just resting upon you. Isn't that right? You think about it. If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then He that raised up from Jesus from the dead shall quicken also your mortal body by His Spirit and that cloud, that power, who anointed Him with the Holy Ghost and with power. The reason why the power was present with Him was because He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And I've got the Holy Ghost in me. And you've got the Holy Ghost in you. And the powerhouse is in you. Hallelujah. Someone says, boy, I wish it was... Yeah, it surrounds you. It surrounds you. Surrounds your household. Saturates your woodwork. But better than that, it's living in you. Inside your spirit. See? He's living in you. Well, now, what I'm trying to point out here is the fact that although the power was present to heal them, them didn't get healed. But then all of a sudden, someone came along with a little bit of faith. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said... Someone says, God doesn't speak to me. Well, when he saw their faith, Jesus... What? It didn't say when he saw their murmuring, or when he saw their complaining, or when he saw their doubt, or when he saw their unbelief, or when he saw, you see, crying. It says, when he saw their faith, he what? You want God to speak to you? Get into faith. I'll tell you something about faith. When you get into faith, God has to say something to you. Oh, I love it. I love talking about faith. When you, when you get into faith, you know that God's giving you direction. But as long as you're going to murmur and complain about the circumstances, you're not going to get into faith. And God's not going to speak to you because He can't speak in that atmosphere. So listen. Although the power is present, although the glory does rest, although it's just filled the tabernacle... If we don't know how to tap into it, it won't do us any good. You can get so close to it. They were so close to Jesus, but it didn't do them any good because they didn't learn how to tap into it by faith. Now, this fellow, when he saw their faith, he said to take up his bed after so many, some other things. He said, which is easier to say to him, thy sins be forgiven thee, or rise, take up thy bed and walk. And he said to do it, and he did, and the man was healed. And he was whole because of his faith. So faith taps into the power of God, right? Faith is a product of the recreated human spirit. Man is a spirit. God is a spirit. Let's say this together. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. With my spirit, I contact the spirit realm where God lives. Conscience is the voice of my spirit. Okay? Now... The soulish realm, in that soulish realm, the soul, we contact the mental realm, the intellectual realm, the thinking realm, sensibilities, will, reasoning faculties. Say this with me. God is not a mind. 
faith is not of the mind. See? You can't contact God in the spirit realm by releasing mental faith. And actually, we call it mental assent. But God is a spirit. You are a spirit. You contact the Father in the spirit. The words He speaks, they are spirit, they are life. But the words understood in the mind only will not contact the spirit realm because God is not a mind. You can be educated in your mind in the Word of God, but it won't do you any good. You will not produce faith out of your mind to contact the Father. Mental assent, faith in the senses, do not, will not contact the Father. That's something to behold and to think about. Because, you see, most people try to contact the spirit realm from the mental realm, from the emotional realm, and you can't do it. There's two separate realms. Now, when it comes to the physical realm, the body, the body is the physical realm. Let's say this first. Reasoning, we said, is the voice of the soul. Reasoning is the voice of the soul. If reasoning is the voice of the soul, then feeling is the voice of the body. If your body hurts, it's speaking to you. You know what? Every so, so often, every so many hours, my belly tells me I'm hungry. Did you know that? You say, well, what does it say to you? Well, just recently, it said, how about a pizza? <laughs> Didn't you know that? <laughs> yeah. It must be because we've been announcing about pizza here for Saturday night. See, we're, we're getting... You keep speaking it long enough, you're going to have it. You have whatever you say. It. Amen. But you see, feeling in the body, it's a voice. You think about it. You hit your finger, you hit the wrong nail when you went to hit the nail into the lumber and you hit this nail and your finger said ouch and I guarantee you that at the moment you hit it ouch came <laughs> either that or praise God I am healed hallelujah if you said praise God I am healed hallelujah then your mind's renewed if you said ouch what am I going to do now your mind's unrenewed you listen to the voice of feeling you didn't listen to the voice of the spirit. Well, again, spirit, soul, body. When distinguishing the body from the spirit and soul, there's no problem. None whatsoever. But in distinguishing the spirit from the soul, there's a big problem. I mean, there's a big problem in distinguishing between the spirit and the soul. And most people, when they say, I believe the word of God, they do in the soul. In the mind. But you see, they don't believe it in the heart. Now you take, in light of what I just said, all these scriptures. What the heart man believeth unto righteousness. If thou doubt not in thy heart, but believe. If thou canst believe in thine heart, all things are possible to him that believeth in his heart. See? Believe. Trust the Lord with all your... Lean not to your own... Reasoning faculties is a better way to say it. You can't understand God with your mind. The natural mind does not discern the things of the Spirit of God, for they are spiritually discerned, not mentally. See, the mind does not contact God. That's very important that we understand that. Most people, when they learn the Word, 
they put it to memory, and once they memorize it, it stays up there in their thinking faculties, their reasoning faculties. They don't allow it to slip down in their spirit. And then they think they know, know the Word of God. They don't have to study it. Well, I know that. I heard that preacher preach on that ten times before, and I know that. Yes, you do, right here in your thinking faculties. And if you only know it in your thinking faculties, you're not going to contact God. You're going to contact the mental realm, the intellectual realm, and faith does not work in the mental realm. It's not a product of the reasoning faculties. It's not a product of sense knowledge. That is, revelation faith isn't. But now, natural human faith is. It's a product of what you see, hear, taste, smell, touch. You believe in something that you see. And you see, that's why the world's anthem is, well, they got their own motto, and it says, if I see it, then I believe it. That's what it says. If I see it, I believe it. That's proof. In other words, if sense knowledge can prove it, then I believe it. But God's Word says, if you believe it, then you'll see it. Isn't that right? Where do you have to believe it? In your heart, not in your head, not in your reasoning faculties. You've got to believe it out of the human spirit. Now, our scripture, did you find 1 Thessalonians 5.23? Well, that was the scripture that we were talking about. And in this scripture, Paul relates to us the triunity of man. Man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in his body. Notice that he said that the spirit, the soul, and the body, all three must be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Now, that's the something that you want, isn't it? How do I preserve my mind blameless? How do I preserve my body blameless? How do I preserve my spirit blameless? It's continuous motion, continuous action. How do I do that? You see, this is a process. This is really telling us, this isn't something that you learn or that you have attained to. And then once you have learned or attained to a certain degree of knowledge, that's it. You have it. Your mind's renewed. Your spirit's preserved. And your body's preserved. And that settles it. You might just go and have a ball. That's not what this is talking about. The spirit of man has got to be protected and preserved. Now, the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep means to protect your heart diligently. Diligently protect your heart. Now, if I am to diligently protect my heart, it's evident I have an enemy arrayed against me who's trying to destroy that which I have in my spirit. Well, how about the soul? Well, the Bible says to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. It means I have an enemy arrayed against me who's ever shooting fiery darts into my thinking faculties, my reasoning faculties, to destroy my mind. And some believers who didn't understand that are in mental institutions right now. That's right. Because, you see, they didn't know about the renewing of the mind. And they didn't know that the renewing of the mind is a daily process. It's not something that you attain to and once have, and that's it. It's a daily thing. As a matter of fact, the best way to say it is found... You don't have to turn to these scriptures right now. Anyhow, 2 Corinthians 4.16 tells us that the inward man is renewed how often? How often? Day by day. It's a daily process. Day by day. I could preach to you... Listen to me. I could preach to you the same message day by day and it would do something for you inner man. I mean that. 
if I preach to you the message of salvation in its fullness, the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ, day by day, your spirit will become strong and vigorous, and your faith will be strong and vigorous. But now, if, if I didn't, if I did it once a month, once every other month, I don't care how well you know it. I don't care if you know it from front to the back, beginning to the end. If you slack off feeding that word into your spirit day by day, then your spirit man will become weak and it won't be able to produce results concerning the issues of life. See, it's a process, a daily process. It's involved... It's, it involves taking God's Word daily, whether you know it, can quote it, frontwards and backwards, it doesn't matter. You still have to appropriate it and apply it. It's like eating. You eat every day. Actually, now you have to agree with this, eating is an unconscious habit. You think about that. You're talking, it's the lunch hour, you just go right through it and then all, you sit down and eat. I mean, you don't even think about eating. You're, just, you're eating, but you don't, you're not really conscious of the fact that, you know, you're feeding your body. You know it, but you're unconscious of the fact that you're releasing faith in food. You're releasing faith in food. Did you know that? Sure you are. You believe that what you're eating is going to produce in your body to keep your body strong and vigorous. Isn't that right? Sure. Now, see, faith, spiritual things are the same way. You've got to feed the Word into your human spirit daily. If you don't do it daily, then soon enough, just like the human body, if you didn't feed it daily and you let it go for a period of, of a time, a week at a time, whatever, soon enough, your body will become very weak and it won't have any strength. Now, you could understand that. But when it comes to faith for healing, someone says, I've read those scriptures a hundred times. So what? If you read it a hundred times today, you should read it a hundred times tomorrow. If you don't, each day that you don't will mean you lost your vitamins, your protein, and your spirit is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. See, the born again believer's spirit was never to get weaker and weaker and weaker. It was to get stronger and stronger and stronger by feeding on the Word of God on a daily basis, day by day. The renewing of the mind is a daily process. It has to be done day by day. And if it's not done day by day, then soon enough, sense knowledge will prevail, doubt and unbelief will prevail, and the heart where the activity is, the human spirit, will reproduce fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, all those things. It's like a computer. Whatever you feed into it, it'll put out. So it's important that we understand the triunity of man. It's important we understand we can contact three realms. We're a man of three dimensions. We can contact the spirit realm, the intellectual realm, the physical realm. It's important that we understand that food, physical food, helps the physical body to be strong. It's important we understand knowledge helps the mind to be developed and to grow. And it's important we understand that the Word of God, as Jesus said, is the bread of the human spirit. And His words are not physical, 
My words are not intellectual. My words are spirit. This is where the, Christ, the, the body of Christ today has failed in the walk of faith. They said, I knew all the scriptures. I said all the words. I did all that there was to do. But I did not contact God. I did not get my healing. My child was not delivered. The money did not come. I was not set free. It was the intellect endeavoring to contact the spiritual. And they're two different realms. You ever try to grab the mental realm in your hand? Think about that. You ever try to grab it in your hand? It escapes you. You can't do it. You know why? The body, feeling, it's in another realm. It's a different realm. But the soul, that's in another realm. Also, the spirit is in another realm. You see, the soul and the spirit. Look at Hebrews 4.12 real quick. The soul and the spirit are the most difficult to distinguish because it's very hard to discover where one leaves off and the other one starts. But this scripture will reveal to us there is a way we can distinguish between the two. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The spirit and the soul are not the same. If they were, how can they be distinguished or divided? It wouldn't make any sense, would it? But even in Christian circles today, if you were to ask even some of the most Able Bible teachers, they would say, the spirit and the soul, I always thought they were the same, but they're not the same. And they have spent millions of dollars in educational systems to educate the human mind, the soul of man, and the soul of man has been educated at the expense of the heart. And they're endeavoring to contact the author of their salvation out of their reasoning faculties and not having any success. And so consequently, instead of growing up in the Spirit, all they're, really they're walking around with big heads about that big, carrying all this knowledge without the ability to use the knowledge. Wisdom is not of the mind. Wisdom is of the recreated human spirit. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom from God in our spirits. See? And wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Now, once we get the knowledge of God's Word, it's our duty, and this is the most difficult thing for the believer to do, it's our duty to get that knowledge down into the human spirit. Now, the Bible clearly teaches us that the natural mind cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. You can't know God in your head. That's why we're told to trust Him with our heart or with our spirit. Because you can't release the power of God. You can't even contact the spirit realm from the intellect. So consequently, we're going to fail. Actually, life will be miserable to the individual that never gets his mind renewed to the Word of God and develops his human spirit so that he can contact the author of his faith in the realm of the spirit.
life will be miserable. And I believe this is the area where, where the book of Hebrews admonishes us to hurry or to use speed to get in. Getting into the promised land is really getting into spirituality. And spirituality is allowing the human spirit to gain the ascendancy over the reasoning faculties and ruling the body. Someone says, what's it mean to be spiritual? Well, I was down at this church, you know, and they did this. Well, they're spiritual. I was down at that church and they did that. That's not what spirituality is. It doesn't matter what you do, how you act, how you express yourself. Spirituality is the human spirit by the Holy Spirit and the Word gaining ascendancy over the reasoning faculties and then ruling the body so that the whole man has come into harmony with the Word and the will of God and with the knowledge of God. And bless God, when you start walking into that realm, beloved, you are walking in the realm of the Spirit. You are contacting your Father in the Spirit. Faith is of the Spirit. Love is of the Spirit. Righteousness is of the Spirit. All the forces of the recreated human spirit will produce light for you if you operate in the realm of the Spirit. So I think it's very important that we understand that fact. Man is a triune being. He is a spirit. The spirit can live apart from the body. It has life. The soul is hooked up to the spirit. There's a fine line that only the Word of God can divide and define between the spirit and the soul. They're that closely related. And that's why it's very difficult. As I said, you can't grab your mind because it's in another realm. But these two, the spirit and the soul, are so closely related that only God's Word can divide that which is of the spirit and that which is of the soul. Now, this is this teaching here. I can't express to you in words what it has done in my particular life and my, my family's. When we learned that faith was of the heart, believing was of the heart, not the reasoning faculties, it changed our prayer life. It changed the way we contacted the Father out of the human spirit, not out of the reasoning faculties. Okay, now let's look in Romans, the second chapter, and verse 28. Chapter 2. Let's look first of all at something Paul said concerning the heart of man. You see, the soulish realm gives birth to what we call mental assent. But the spirit realm gives birth to faith. And in the process of developing the human spirit, everybody, I don't care who you are, everybody is going to go through this phase of mentally assenting to the integrity and validity of the Word of God. When you first heard the faith message, it was mental assent. I know it's true, it says it right here in the Bible. If you held fast to the integrity of God's Word, you said, here it is. It's written, I, I see it. I know that it says that, but I can't make it work. That's mental assent. See, you mentally assented. The, the Bible says, I'm healed. I can see that. That's right, that's what it says. But I, for some reason, I'm still sick. 
See, you're mentally assenting to the Word of God. But don't stop there. That's why we're told to diligently, diligently protect our spirit, diligently seek Him. Because when you do that, it'll get down from here into the heart. And boy, when it get clicks in the heart, beloved, there's where you get action. There's where you get response. There's where you contact the Father in the realm of the Spirit. Too much, too much of the time, people try to use the emotional and the mental realm, the reasoning realm, to get their needs met. And because of it, they're turning away from faith, they're turning away from the Word. And you know where they're turning to? The arm of the flesh. See? Because they have no other means. They can't contact the Father. How many of you want to be able to accurately contact the Father in every time of need? Don't you want to? I mean, do you believe scriptures like all things are possible to him that believeth? Do you believe to ask anything, anything you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive? I believe those scriptures. And if it was a mental thing, if it was a product of the mind, of learning, of knowledge only, boy, I'll tell you what, you and I would be raptured away right now. You've got enough of the Word of God in your mind right now to fill Jesus' shoes when He walked on the earth. I mean, you do. You think about that. But you see, it's not having it in your mind. The works that, you, that I do, you shall do also, was a product of the Spirit. It's if you abide in me and my words abide in... And when He said you, He wasn't talking about your mind or your body. He was talking about your... See, it's getting them to abide in your spirit. Then ask what she will, it shall be done unto you. Here, Paul says something that intrigues me. Verse 28, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the... Hallelujah. Of the heart in the... Circumcision is also not of the soulish man, but circumcision or the new birth, it's of the spirit of man. And he said here, in the heart... In the spirit. So when he says heart, he's referring to the spirit. When Jesus said, Doubt not in your heart, he's referring to your spirit. When he says believe in your heart, he's referring to your spirit, not your mind. How many of you believe that Jesus died for your sins in your mind long before you got born again? Raise up your hand high. One day, someone spoke the word to you, and when he did, or she did, it click down into your spirit or your heart. And when it got into your heart, you activ it activated faith. When faith activated the power of God and you were born again. Right? So you see, up in your reasoning faculties, as a religious person, it didn't do you any good, did it? Now, the same truth prevails in every other area of ministry. People wonder why they're not healed. I mean, the glory of God was here. The power of God was here. And I mean to tell you, you could have cut it with a knife and took it home with you if you want to. But why didn't I get what I needed if the power was there? Because mental assent does not produce faith results. See, the attempt to contact that realm with the mind is like trying to stick your plug into an outlet that doesn't have anything in the wall. No wires going down to it. It just doesn't make any connection. Two different rounds. Two different kinds of faith. Heart faith. Sense knowledge faith. And there's the difference. But when you learn how to produce 
out of your spirit, then your life's going to change. Now, let's look at another scripture. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, Paul again, and we'll have to bring these out just to show you that he is referring to the human spirit, not the mind or the body. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. What prays? My spirit prays. Now listen. But my what? Is unfruitful. There's two rounds. My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. With his spirit, he contacts the spirit realm. With his understanding, he contacts the mental realm. Okay? Now look at verse 18. Notice he said in verse 14, If I pray in an unknown tongue... Now look at verse 18. I thank my God, I speak with tongues. Now notice he's saying I. I speak with tongues. Notice he said in verse 14, If I pray, my spirit prays. Notice he's using the word I and my spirit interchangeably. In other words... When I say I, I'm not talking about my body. I'm not talking about my mind. He's talking about his spirit. I'm talking about my spirit. When I say I speak with tongues, I'm talking about my spirit. I'm not talking about my intellect. I'm talking about my body, my physical body. The I he's, in, he's inferring is the spirit. He's referring to the human spirit. Remember he said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I keep under my body. Well, what's he mean I keep under my body? I have a body. Say that. I have a body. Well, who's the I? If the body's the house you live in, and one day you'll depart from that house, who is the I? Is it the soul or is it the spirit? See, it's the spirit. And if it's the spirit, you can readily see and understand that getting past the reasoning faculties is the biggest job in the body of Christ, in the life of the individual believer. You've got a hold of that word. I mean to tell you, you've heard the best teachers there are alive today. And you went to every conference and you went to every seminar. And you heard everything that was broadcast. Everything you could imagine. Every tape you can listen to. Every book you can read. And you go back and say, I don't understand all this. I believe it all, but it's not working for me. Well, we can help you. It's because you're hung up in the mental realm. And I'll tell you what. I was there hung up in the mental realm in some cases that I didn't want to be hung up in the mental realm. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit and said to me, you know what he said to me? This is devastating when you think about it. We take it so lightly. I had the scripture under my nose. I read it daily. I heard it daily. I walked into Rainbow Bible Training Center. There was a big shield of faith. When you walk in the door, it says Mark 11:23 and Mark 11:24 on it. I mean, just written right out real nicely. Beautiful. And we're going through circumstances and trials and tribulations and etc., etc., etc. And I'm going, I know, I know that God meets my needs. 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 Father God, you can show me something here. I know that you meet my needs and I know that my needs should be met. Now, glory be to God, I have a need and, and I need to know how to get my need met. And you know what the Holy Ghost said to me? How could I think he'd say anything different? He said, Mark 11:24 says, you must believe you have it before you see it. You'd blush, being ashamed. I read the thing how many times? How many times have I read the scripture? But when it came a crisis of life, he spoke to my heart and said, Mark eleven twenty four says, see, I'm going to tell you the same thing. Week after week, service after service, you're going to hear the same thing. You know why? 
It's just like eating lunch. Eat it every day. Unless you're fasting for some reason. You're, you're eating lunch every day. You're, you're eating supper every day. Same thing. Well, it's the same thing with, with the spirit man. I had to hear that. And when I heard it, I said, yeah, I see it. So I said, Father God, I thank you that I have it. And I receive it in Jesus' name before I ever saw it. And that's faith. See, it bypasses the intellect and got into my heart. So he's going to speak to you the same thing. He's going to speak to you the word in your spirit. The word has got to be in your spirit to produce results. So it doesn't matter how many times you heard it or how many teachers you've heard. It doesn't matter how well you know the word. It's got to be constantly fed into the human spirit. Matter of fact, let me say it like this. Human spirit's like a tape recorder. You put a tape recorder on and, you, and we got a tape recorder on back there to listen to, you know, pick up everything I say. I go back and listen to that tape and say, did I say that? Did I really say that? Well, the tape doesn't lie. You said it. One side of that recorder, there it is. You said that. Okay, I said that. It picked it up. Well, that's how the human spirit is. If it's going into your ears, it's going into your spirit. If you're singing with your eyes, it's going into your spirit. Notice in, in Proverbs 4, he said, Let not the word depart from before thine eyes, but keep him in the midst of thine... Or, he said, Attend to my words first. Don't let him incline thine ear into my sayings. Don't let them depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your... How do I keep him in my heart? By attending to his word, inclining my ear to his saying, and don't let the word depart from before my eyes. Now, hearing, seeing, will keep it in the midst of my... Then they shall be life and health to all your flesh. Then protect your heart with all diligence, because out of it come the forces of the issues of life. So in some cases, when people don't know that it's a daily process, they set aside the word... They set aside their prayer life. They set aside reading the Word daily. They set aside speaking the Word into their heart. They don't keep it before their eyes, keep it before their mind. They don't keep the Word in their heart. And soon enough, their spirit becomes real weak and they can't produce any results. Okay, in this here particular scripture, we see that the spirit of man is the I, the real you, the real me. Paul says, I speak. My spirit speaks. He's referring to I. Now, the new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit. It's got nothing to do with the intellect. It's got nothing to do with the body. Turn to Romans 12 real quick. The human spirit is born again. Your mind was not born again. Your body was not born again. But your spirit was born again. In your spirit are all things. Now, because I am born again, and because I am a spirit, and because the new birth is the, it involves the realm of the spirit, and because God is a spirit, and because God deals with me in the spirit, then it stands the reason the other two realms, the mental realm and the physical realm, is something I must deal with, not something that God must deal with. Don't you realize that if God could have done something about your mental and physical realm, He would have? He doesn't want us to struggle through life. But God is a spirit and He reaches us in what realm? Not the mental realm. To renew your mind is our responsibility. To control the body is my responsibility. Verse 1 and 2, 12. 12 chapter. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. Who's the you? Not the soul. You present your body. You have a body. Say it. I have a body. See, He's talking to your spirit. Isn't that amazing? He's talking to your spirit, not your soul, not your body. You have a spirit. You present your bodies, the living sacrifice, holy, acceptable in God, which is your reasonable service. 
Okay, and next verse. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Well, if, if the body is one realm, and if the mind is another realm, it only is one realm for the your. Your body. Your mind. It means you are a spirit. I think if we'd start to realize and start to say daily that I am a spirit, I'm not a mind. I'm a spirit. I'm not a body. It'll help us to become more acquainted with our inward man. It'll help us to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Now, in this dimension, where man contacts the mental realm, the intellectual realm, the reasoning faculties, all that, in that dimension of man, that knowledge of the Word has got to continually come. Now, look at another scripture, Colossians 3.10, real quick. The mind is renewed. Say that with me. My mind is renewed. Or restored. Not born again. See, the mind is not born again, but the mind is renewed. Renewed means to redo it. Now, let me... You got that scripture there, Colossians 3.10. Very quickly, look at verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, don't let your mind wander. You've got to listen to what I'm saying. The, the new birth is a recreation of the human spirit. But the mind has got to be renewed. The spirit has the life and nature of God. It's brought back to... Well, it's even greater than the relationship that Adam had with the Father. And it has the same relationship that Jesus has with the Father now. But the, the mind has to be renewed after the knowledge of the image. In my spirit... I am created into the image of God, a spirit with life in it. But I need to have the knowledge of who I am in the spirit so that my mind will come into harmony and be renewed. When man fell and was separated from God, his brain was 90% affected. You think about this. I've thought about it deeply. God didn't make a, ma a brain to be 10% effective. And even the greatest of intellects have only used up to 10, I don't know if any more than that, percent of brain, their brain. You think about that. Why then is that 90% of the brain unused? Because that's the 90% of the brain that knew God. That's why. And when the human spirit came into harmony again with God's spirit, then the spirit of God was going to come and to start to pop open them brain cells and start renewing your mind and developing your mind into the knowledge of the living God. That's right. Well, that'll make you shout. You see, they, man was alienated from the life of God because of the darkness of their heart and their minds were alienated from the light. You ever see that in Scripture? Ephesians chapter 4. Read it. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now listen. Having the understanding darkened, 
because being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Their understanding was darkened that 90% that knew God was darkened because they were alienated from the life of God. But you and I have been brought together into the life of God. Jesus came to give us life more abundantly. And that life that came into us puts us back into a relationship with God. And we have the knowledge of God. And my understanding is not darkened, but I have the light of life. The light of what? And they were alienated from the life. And so you see, every time I get a scripture in my heart, my brain cells pop open. I know God. Hallelujah. You say, how do you know that with his stripes you are healed? Whoo, glory. I just kept on saying it and 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 saying it, saying it, saying it until it got down into my human spirit. And when my human spirit got a hold of that thing and said, with his stripes you were healed, my brain cells popped open. That's called exact knowledge. See, I'm coming into closer knowledge. It's a closer understanding in relationship with God in that area. The more I keep saying it and doing it and saying it and doing it, you see, the more of that brain opens up with light. That's the knowledge of God. That's not reasoning faculty. And someone says, well, how come you didn't, you know, go when your daughter fell? How come you didn't run her to the hospital right away? Hallelujah. I had a greater knowledge at the moment. I knew in my heart that God said something in His Word and I had integrity of, in God's Word and because I knew it in my spirit, my spirit told my mind, she's healed, she's whole. Hallelujah. See? You say, I don't understand it. I didn't understand it either with, you know, sense knowledge. Didn't look healed. Didn't feel healed. You know, you could touch her and you knew by touch she wasn't healed. But somewhere deep within the spirit of man, there was this knowledge. See, this knowledge. Trust the Lord with all your faith is of the heart, not of the understanding. And I wouldn't let go. See, I wouldn't let go of the knowledge I had in my spirit. And hallelujah. God watched over his word to perform it. And he made it good. Now, the human spirit... Is, I mean, the, the mind. The mind has got to be renewed or restored. Remember, in the 23rd Psalm, it says, He restoreth my... He restoreth my... Now, restoring something is like you get an old piece of furniture and you restore it back to its beauty. There's a process involved, but it's not a recreating it. You don't recreate that furniture. You restore it. But the human spirit is renewed, recreated, an actual recreating of that spirit by God. But the mind is renewed through the Word of God, brought back into where it should be in the knowledge of God, through the Word of God. And that's why there's more light in the New Testament, because that's where the knowledge of God is, and the knowledge of our relationship with Him. And in that, that scripture in Colossians 3, it tells us that our, we are renewed after the image, in knowledge after the image of Him. My spirit already is righteous. My spirit already is healed. My spirit already is wisdom. My spirit is already sanctified, set apart unto God. My spirit is more than a conqueror. My spirit is an overcomer. My spirit is stepping on the devil, treading on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. My spirit already is what God said it was in that word. 
I'm not trying to be righteous. I'm not trying to be healed. I'm not trying to be wise. I'm not trying to be strong. I'm not trying to, you know, to be a conqueror. We're not trying any of that. If you're trying it, you're failing. It's only when you come into harmony with the recreated human spirit, take God at His word and say, I am, and when I say I, not my body, not my mind, I am, and then on the end of that, say, in Christ. I am in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am, but everything that is after that is because I am in Christ. My body's not in Christ. My mind is not in Christ. But my spirit is in Christ. It's recreated. Do you see that? And because my spirit's recreated, I can say, I am healed when I got a pain in my body. And that's not lying. Like some people think it is. You say, but what good does it do? Well, out of your spirit come the issues of... So when I begin to say out of my spirit, I am healed, I am healed, then all of a sudden, that mechanism begins to work. It rises up from my spirit. The forces of life, the issues begin to flow. My mind is renewed to the Word of God, and it affects my body, and the pain leaves. If you hold on fast to the Word of God, out of your spirit, you contact the spirit realm. And healing was divine, and it came out of the spirit, from the spirit into the body. Okay. Now, I'm going to show you a reason why the mind's got to be renewed. Look at Romans chapter 8. Verse 7. These next few scriptures I'm going to give you are very important to growth and development in the Spirit. And if you'll understand them and begin to practice this, I guarantee you growth will begin to take place immediately. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The natural carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, very quickly, I'm going to give you a definition. That word enmity... According to my vines, expository dictionary on New Testament words, means anything, anything contrary to agape love. Now, you think about that. Think about that for a minute. The mind, the carnal mind... The thoughts of the carnal mind, the natural mind. The mind that thinks on anything contrary to agape love is enmity against God. Did you know that when you got born again, your mind was not renewed? And your mind was just as carnal as it was before? That's right. Don't you remember Paul said, ye are yet carnal, still carnal? And to the Galatian, or to the Corinthian church, you're still carnal. All right, now think about this. Your sense rule, your body rule, that's what he was saying. Your thinking, your reasoning faculties, you've not been freed from them or delivered from them. Your mind's not been renewed. Okay? Anything that's contrary to agape love is going to cause you to have hostility between you and God. Enmity between you and God. Division there between you and God. So the mind that thinks on things that are not divine love is 
against God. Now look at James 1.21 real quick. The human spirit, we said, must be born again. But look at this scripture in James 1.21. The human mind, the mind has got to be renewed, restored, enlightened. And we'll share with you some ways how. Verse 21, everybody has it. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, or the implanted word, which is able to save your... Your what? Your spirit? No, he's not talking about your spirit. Now, I'm gonna, I've defined this before, and maybe some of you didn't get it. To give you... And I'm, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can look it up in my dictionary there. To use these words, save and soul. Save and soul. Underline the words. And I'm going to read it to you in a translation from my concordance. Receive what meekness, the engrafted word which is able to deliver you from your corrupt reasoning faculties. The word is able to deliver you from your corrupt reasoning faculties. See, your spirit was born again, but your mind is carnal. It's not renewed. Until we get the Word implanted in our spirits, which then will be able to deliver us from our corrupt thinking, our corrupt reasoning faculties. See, this kind of thinking that's contrary to the love of God, is corrupt in the mind of God. And if it's corrupt, what does he mean, deliver yourself from? Well, you'll get in bondage. You'll get, you'll get in bondage if you walk in light of your corrupt reasoning faculties, your corrupt thinking. Don't you remember there in 2 Corinthians 10, chapter where it talks about verse 3, right on through 6 there? It talks about casting down thoughts and imaginations, every high thing that is all self against knowledge of God, bringing captivity thought and obedience to Christ. And the next verse, verse 6 says, And having in a readiness to avenge yourselves from all mishearing, I'm giving you a translation, from all mishearing, when your proper hearing is fulfilled. In other words, if you're hearing wrong, then your mind will be corrupt. And corrupt reasoning will cause your spirit to be held captive. The forces of life will be bound up and you won't be able to produce faith, love, the force of righteousness. When a person is walking around with sin consciousness, it's because the body through the reasoning faculties have teamed up together against the human spirit and the force of righteousness is in prison, in jail. Righteousness gives you that sense of a conqueror sense of victory, a sense of the ability to walk in the presence of the Father without condemnation, guilt, or inferiority, a sense of, uh, of con- being a conqueror in the, in the presence of disease or sickness. It gives you that authority. It gives you that vigor. It gives you that strength that you need to say, bless God, I can do all things through Christ. But when you can't say that, it's because sin consciousness has bound up your recreated human spirit. And your human spirit, the force of righteousness is in there, but it's not doing anything for you. And the force of faith, it's in prison. It's not doing anything. Why? Because of corrupt reasoning faculties. 
And unless we're delivered from those corrupt reasoning faculties, that's why, that's why that next verse, which is verse 22, says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If you're, not, if you're not a doer of the word, if you're just a hearer of the word only, you'll be self-deluded, you'll be deceived, your spirit will be in prison, you'll be in jail, you'll, try to, uh, you'll attempt to appropriate the blessings of God through mental assent, through your reasoning faculties, and it won't work. The spirit, the spirit realm cannot be contacted by the mental realm. And faith won't work because you're not walking in faith, you're walking in mental assent. Now remember, the soulless realm gives birth to mental assent. The spirit realm gives birth to faith. What are the two most important? Two most important, think about this, forces of the human spirit. Faith and love. In Christ Jesus. And what's in Christ Jesus? Your soul or your body or your spirit? Uh, in Christ Jesus, circumcision or un uncircumcision availeth anything, but faith which worketh by... Those are the two fo forces of the recreated human spirit that have got to constantly be fed and developed. We're, we're, time has just slipped away, I guess. I don't know where it went. In the spirit, there isn't any time, is there? But anyhow, I want, I want you to write these down. Some helps to renewing the mind. Some helps to renewing the mind. Some ways of renewing the mind. See, the, the mind cannot understand the things of God. Now, we've got to realize that. 1 Corinthians 2 says that the natural mind receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are spiritually discerned or understood. You can't understand God or the Word in the mental realm because the Word is spirit. So in order to have a renewed mind, and this is a constant thing, it's a daily process, these things, these are some steps that you should be doing in your daily walk, will help you to keep your mind renewed in your daily walk so that your spirit can be renewed day by day. Number one, James already told us, number one, feeding on the Word. Now that's basic. And everything else springs off of that first step. Feeding on the Word. See, James said, receive the engrafted Word. But receiving the engrafted Word won't renew the mind only. Did you know that? You say, well, I sat down and listened to all that Word. I don't understand it. Well, you see, it, it won't renew the mind. Because in the next verse, he says, but be ye doers of the Word. Doers of the Word. A person that receives the Word and then does the Word, that person's mind will be renewed. So step number two is meditate. The Word. Meditate the Word. Receive the Word through teaching, through tapes, through anointed teachers, through reading. And reading is not meditating. Studying is not meditating. Meditating is meditating. Murmuring. Taking the Word. I think people have been deceived in this area. They thought to be spiritual, I've got to have my Bible open and a pencil and a paper and write all this study and all this concordance and all this all day long. No. You can be spiritual by taking one scripture, meditating it morning, noon, and night. I'll give you one right now. It'll bless you. And I just I hope it doesn't cause you to pick up any rocks, but I don't take any account of the evil done to me. That's our faith class scripture for the week. I take no account of the evil. That means you don't even tell anybody. About it. You don't tell anybody about it. You don't tell your husband or your wife. You don't take any account of the evil done to you. 
You take that scripture and meditate it. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.